Welcome to Intuition, Your First Sense. I'm Vicki Baird, your intuitive life and development coach. VickiBaird.com, it's time to be your best. It's time to reconnect with your first sense. Trust in your gut, it's the real thing. Let's see what your future brings. Time to let the fun commence. Intuition, your first sense. We are going to talk about intuition and how you can live your life using your first sense, the one you came in with from a soul level, and have that be your primary and then have it work with your other five senses that come as being amazing humans that you are. So we are all intuitive. Every one of us has an intuitive ability that is inherent within and is something that I believe is asking to be listened to and has been kind of knocking on our heads for a long time. We used to listen to it a lot more before we had language. And then we got sidetracked because we thought the spoken thing was where it was at. And it's amazing. I do love a good conversation. So I appreciate language. However, being able to use the the unspoken or the non-spoken gives us a much bigger platform in which to perform our lives. So this week, I would like to talk about whether we should fear intuition or should we be embracing it. And I think you can probably already figure out where I lean. I absolutely go to the embracing it because until I really started listening to my own intuition and even understanding what the word means, which by the way, it means to listen to the soul. It means to go in and to hear the wiring and to hear all the nuances that are between any other type of communication. So the ability to have fun with it, to see it as something that is already wired, so why not use it, and something that is here to enhance your beautiful you that you are, and yet has been somehow misinformed, and we've been led to believe that there is some fear in having abilities. And what I thought about talking and clearing up right from the get-go are some of these myths that tend to fly around what is it to be intuitive. And I make a distinction between being intuitive and psychic. It's probably splitting hairs, but psychic, which does mean of the soul, yes, there are some that have given it a bad connotation. However, it simply means to listen to the soul. And it should be allowed to be its own cute word and not have all this weight to it. But, you know, we're human and we like to get in there and mix things up. So I thought what I'd do is clear up some of the myths. When someone presents themselves as psychic, so first of all, if there's a flashing neon light, please turn around and decide to listen to your own intuition. Um, While there's some amazingly gifted people out there that use the word psychic to draw in their clientele, it can be a it can be a challenging relationship 
that where if you're not listening to your own intuition and you trust your own self going in, unfortunately, there are those that will take advantage. So psychic means to only read what is exactly around someone. So yes, will you meet someone? Um, Well, if you do the work, you will. (laughs) They can't make it happen for you. Uh, And the typical things that we tend to see depicted in, you know, Hollywood and in movies and all of that stuff. So psychic being the right close to you, more physically based world that someone is reading at. And it's great. It's fun. It can help you decide what job to take or whether you maybe should buy that dress or not. Intuition and intuitive means to go directly to the soul level and to include what is in your soul and your human self's best interest. So it takes into consideration all of these lifetimes you have and, yep, all the lifetimes you will continue to have because there's a process to all of this being human and coming back again, which we'll talk about in later shows. So in connecting with the intuitive side, I think it's important for you to know that this is something that goes very deep and it should have some reverence to it. It should have some respect in there. And while we're learning to use it, I think we should also be pretty proud of ourselves for having it. So some of the myths that come along with uh, when someone thinks about whether they'd like to develop their intuition even more, or they'd like to understand it. You don't have to hang a shingle out. You just want to know what is your voice, what is your wiring, and how can you feel the best you can feel in this human vessel that we got going on here. So one of the myths, it's a gift. Yes and no. It is a gift, absolutely. But it's not just for special people. It's for everyone. There, It's not certain people that got bonked on the head with a special wand before we got here that said, you will have the gift of sight. You will have the gift of hearing. Everyone has it to a certain degree. It's just at what level are you hearing the frequency or seeing, seeing the frequency too. Um, so it is a gift. I have always felt like this is a gift. Even when it was the most challenging experience And I have a really hard time sometimes with when other people are hurting, not taking that on. And I've learned how to be of help and not be taken down with the ship. But it is always, I have always seen it as a gift. And just know that it's not a special party gift for one person. Everybody has it. Intuition is not fortune telling. I, although my niece has often threatened to get me a turban, and I do have a crystal ball, thank you very much. I don't use it for my intuitive readings, but I do have one. It's not fortune telling. It should be held with the greatest respect and utmost um, regard for whomever you are having a conversation with, including yourself. So while it is possible to see future events. Uh, It is absolutely up to each individual person in whether they act on that or whether they follow through with it. So when someone comes to me for a reading and I'm looking at their soul process and I'm talking about 
all the amazing stuff that makes them them and what blocks might be there and what issues are still creating um, that adorableness of human, of getting in our own way. I can see future events. It's very easy for me to see that. However, I can't follow everybody around and help them be specifically in line for what will then manifest that and what will then create that. That's why I want everybody walking around out there knowing their own selves and doing their own readings and listening to their own intuitive knowing. So you can see a potential and after 17 years, I have a good track record, but that's because I have amazing clients who actually listen to me. <laughs> so, And then sometimes they don't. A year later, they come back and say the same thing, and I'm like, well, did you do it? No, you do have to move thy R's. So another myth is intuition and, and knowing and, and connecting with that guarantees happiness and an easy life. That is just not true. It's like any other skill set. It enhances life. It allows you to see the, the sparkle that is life. It allows you to appreciate that when something that's really difficult is happening, it, it helps you to trust and to feel supported by the universe that this is happening I do believe for a reason. I do not believe that things are assigned to us. I believe we're in charge of our own process. So, for instance, two years before my husband passed, I saw that. I knew intuitively that he was going to pass. And I had to work through my grieving stuff. And I guess if I didn't have a track record, it wouldn't have been so difficult. <laughs> but because I had that track record and knew it, um, and then when things came to be, that intuition and that knowing of it actually brought me great comfort because I also knew I would be okay. I would miss him terribly, but this was his process and I needed to honor that. So it doesn't guarantee an easy, you know, get out of jail, collect $200, pass, go life. What it does is it, again, gives you that first sense to trust that when you came in naked with no teeth, things were going to be okay. So... It's not an end-all and be-all. I have said to many people who wanted me to be their guru that that is not my role in your life. You are the guru. That's why it's spelled G-U-R-U. You're the guru. So the intuition is not meant to be the only thing. Like I hear people say as they go through the learning process and it opens up. It's so exciting to tap into this and, you know, you get... You get that life force energy flowing and you feel like you can conquer anything. And then I, I hear the words become, well, the universe said this or it's in my best interest and I'm just going to sit back and trust. No, you have to combine the physical action with the intuition. The intuition can guide. It can absolutely say Get your butt to that spin class because Allison Larkin is going to be on the bike next to you and you've been meaning to call her and you didn't call her and you go to the spin class and there she is. And by the time you finish the spin class, you've yelled across it for 10 minutes and you've set up a time and you've totally disrupted the class, but you're both fun, so they don't care. And then it leads you to recording the podcast you've been talking about for five years. 
So it's things like this. I still had to take the action. I heard it. I knew it. I got out of bed at the ungodly hour of five o'clock in the morning to go spin. So it has to blend with those other five senses. I don't want to put them on a shelf and say they're not important. I want it all to work together to make the best recipe for your life. We're going to take a break. I'll see you back here shortly. If you're listening to this podcast, it's because of Anchor. Anchor is an app that literally makes this podcasting experience so easy. It's free and there is a creation tool right inside the app and it'll send it out to all the platforms for you. It has made this process seamless And something that actually helped me to really be excited about getting all the shows out to you because it didn't take a whole new degree in technology. So feel free to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started on your own podcast and let me know what it is so I can listen to it. This one I find humorous because... People will say, well, you have the key to life now, Vicki, because you have the movie screen and you have the knowing. <laughs> uh, there have been many times where I have sat down and asked of my own self, asked of my guides, we all have spirit guides, asked of the support of the universe, and I swear the answer back is I've got nothing. Uh, there's just leave a message at the beep. There is no information coming through. So it doesn't mean you have the answer key. And wouldn't that be boring to have the answer to everything? I mean, oh, no, thank you. I like the process of figuring out when to zig and when to zag and how to uh, further develop my own skill sets. So in that case, I rest. I wait. I go for a walk. I open up the channels to allow the information to drop in so that when it does, I'm ready to receive it and then I can, again, act on it. Um, It's always clear and readily apparent. No. It is often foggy. It's one word. It's a feeling that you think you should follow, but you're not sure if you should follow. Um, If you ignore it long enough, it does become a cosmic two by four, and it will hit you upside the head. But most of the time, this intuitive sense is so subtle, so that we'll pay attention. So and I think so we appreciate the subtle nuances in life, because it has really helped me in having to slow down in order to hear what's coming through for someone. I have also slowed down and appreciated a field when I'm out running instead of going for just the time. And I've stopped and really listened to a child who had to tell me something that was so important that day. And that is a, um, it's an additional gift that comes in being able, because so often we hear be present, be in the now. Well, that's hard. It's challenging to do that. But if you combine it with, oh, when I'm in the present and I'm in the now, I'm also developing my intuitive skills, I think it helps the human brain calm its little buns down and uh, because it feels like it's actually doing something. And then it's like a buy one, get one free. 
So if I trust it and I use it, I'll be seen as a weirdo, a wackadoodle, woo-woo, nuts. Uh, yeah, probably. Uh, this isn't so much a myth as much as it is you're not in charge of other people's perceptions. And I find those that, it's like the, the quote, he doth protest too much. I find those that argue against it are typically the most intuitive people I know, and they're afraid of it. So you can have compassion for that. And who said that you had to tell everybody you were doing it anyway? Have this be the gift you give yourself. You know, we don't have to post everything on social media. We really don't. You can keep something to yourself and feel the, um, feel the joy that that creates in filling up your own bucket cup. I don't know what the phrase is this week. So... You have to be spiritual in order to be intuitive. Nope, nope, not necessary. You do not have to go find a mountainside and ohm for hours. You can if you want, but you don't have to. Again, some of the most intuitive people I have met have been the police officers who want the facts, man. They just want the facts. They want the evidence, and they they want lawyers, um, engineers, uh, what we consider the more linear of the brain because we get stuck in that brain thing when it, we really, I don't know about the rest of you, but I'm walking around with a whole self, not just my brain popping around everywhere. So a lot of the times people will not pursue developing their own selves and their own knowing of themselves because somewhere along the line that message of I have to be spiritual, which means that I, whatever their perception is, they have to follow all these things in order to do it. I have to say I'm one of the most practical people I know, and I came to intuition from a very, very, and spirit and energy and there's life after your croak. I came to all of that stuff with a nope, doesn't exist, you croak, you croak, we're done. And then things started happening <laughs> that I couldn't deny, and then it started bubbling up. So I don't, I didn't come to the intuitive knowing f in a direct correlation to my spirituality. My spirituality came about because of the developing of the intuition, and it doesn't have to go that way. It's totally up to you. That's why we have free will. So we'll be right back after this break. So with the myths, there is a little bit of homework that will be required of you if you want to. I mean, there's hundreds and hundreds of myths that I didn't cover. Those are just the ones I hear the most when people come in. And they, they come through what I would say are the excuses of I can't because. And most of the time, I can't because you can pretty much guarantee someone else planted that message in there. And that's okay. Sometimes it's well-meaning parents who just didn't know that it was okay and it was completely natural what you were sharing and, and what you saw or knew or heard. You know, I, when I was younger, I remember telling my mom that I could see these energies going in and out of the closets. And I didn't know what to call them. So I called them black blobs. <laughs> and, and she just said, Victoria, 
we do not talk about those things. Which, in hindsight, 10 years later, I went, oh, man, she knew what some of that was. She just wasn't comfortable speaking of it. And she had since passed, so I had to catch her on the other side in order to get the information. But so what I was seeing was true because she saw them. I don't know why she didn't know about sage and clearing a place. But anyway, I digress. (laughs) The part about the myths is often or the belief systems that don't support you are often planted through society, through your parents, through teachers. Older brother's giving you a noogie. You know, it, it gets in and you're not necessarily responsible for what got planted before your consciousness, before you became aware that things are planted, but you can be responsible for shifting those belief systems. And that's part of what I would like to help is some of these myths and whatever ones may have been rolling around in your family or background, uh, they don't have to stay there. I firmly believe in take what resonates and throw out the rest. If you know yourself well enough, you'll know what resonates and you'll know if it feels right or if it's complete hogwash. I mean, there's some stuff that I hear that people are offering out as the next big healing thing. And I'm like, oh my goodness. And I research it. I look at it. I see if there's any belief systems within me that are blocking my ability to hear that information. Um, And then decide from there if it works for me or not. So you can decide what supports you and, and, and what doesn't. And what you believe right now, you're absolutely have every prerogative to change your mind. So with the information that you've been given, you can then add your own knowledge of where you are now as a free-thinking adult and decide what is it that you would like to study? What is it that you would like to learn? What is it that you would like to know about yourself? You can reprogram these messages. The brain is amazing. It is so willing to shift neural pathways and it's willing to take in new information and it's so willing to defrag and get rid of old information and it will do that with your help. If you think of your brain as the computer where you're hitting the enter button and you just keep hitting enter, 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 everything that you're observing is going in whether you're conscious of the fact that it's going in or not. If you take the action and, the, and you employ the willingness to shift some of those belief systems and some of those patterns and some of the things that you learned that no longer resonate with you, your brain will go along with you. It will absolutely love you for it because I don't know if you've ever bumped up against that feeling of that's just not my belief but you didn't know what to do with it, right? It maybe what the background of your family's message through religion or something along those lines, maybe that doesn't resonate with you anymore. There's a beautiful place for that in a lot of people's lives. Maybe it doesn't resonate in yours. And you just don't know what to do with it. So by looking at it and saying, I respect that other people like that, that doesn't work for me. I'm going to just, I don't know, go on a path and figure out and try all, go to the buffet of life and see if you can find something that does resonate, your brain will go with you. So 
there are moments in your life, in all of our lives, in time where there are loops that are stuck within the neural pathways. And I work with a system called belief-free patterning in which you can shift those neural pathways so the old beliefs that are no longer serving you can drop off and they can um, now employ whatever new ones are then entered. And this is, I think, the beauty of being an adult. It takes courage to look at what hurt. It takes an, an incredible amount of bravery to be able to say what I was taught is not what I believe. Again, you don't have to take out a, a great big billboard. You can do this within yourself. It does not need to be announced. Yet you can come to the place where you get very clear on what you believe and there are practices that can help your brain. And a lot of the times I'll work with somebody around these myths that are floating around and it's a myth because you no longer believe it. And it doesn't have to be a myth for everybody, but it is for you. And then once you acknowledge that this isn't my preferential learning anymore or my belief, you can start to move that around. So tapping into your intuition requires these same skill sets. You still need to discern I would never want anybody to believe everything that floats in through them, through their feeling self, through their hearing and knowing and everything, and take it for fact. I think it still needs to be uh, adjudicated. It still needs to be looked at. It still needs to be assessed. And once you develop a knowing within yourself, it gets faster and faster and faster to do that. Uh, it's a little it could be a little stumbly at the beginning, but you'll get there. It takes practice just like anything else. When you first started to walk, you fell on that butt a few times. So there's the same premise with developing this intuitive self. So one of the ways you can do that and to start to shift some of those myths that are no longer serving you is to pay attention to what are some of the messages that you hear within your own head. We all have a dialogue that runs in there. That inner critic can be quite impressive sometimes. And but I always think that that little bugger, we should talk we should treat it like it's a four-year-old who kind of needs a snack and a nap. Like don't get mad at it. Just say, I hear you. I understand what you're saying. Um, and maybe that's good information because sometimes the inner critic, or some may call it that non-supportive side of the ego. I happen to think the ego is adorable because it's what helps us to step out and to ask that person out or apply for a job or start a podcast. You know, all those things that can be a little nerve-wracking. So when you address this and when you are willing to tap into that bravery of what's not mine, what is mine, you can absolutely clear out the process and then be much more receptive to the information that's coming in. And then you'll know, are these messages that support me or are these messages that are no longer supporting me? So much like getting to know what is your primary Claire sister, you will also need to pay attention to 
those messages that are coming in, the way I'm talking to myself, the voice that I'm hearing, is it mine or is it carrying a voice of someone else? And if it's carrying a voice of someone else, sometimes I'll listen. Uh, Sometimes I will pause and say, well, you know, they're a pretty smart person and maybe I should pay attention to this. And sometimes I'm like, get out. You didn't pay rent. Get out of my head. Goodbye. And you just need to be willing to look at that in order to have them leave. Otherwise, it will stay on a loop in your head until you just take your last breath. Um, So part of demystifying the intuitive sense is to look at what are the myths of intuition, but what are the myths of my brain as well. And the brain will just give you what it's been put in. It's it's called a reticular activating system. And it spits back what you put in. So, and what was put in by others. So make some space, clear out some files. You know how you have to go in and clean out your computer sometimes? Go in and clear out some files that are no longer serving you. Um, you may want to ask when you bump up against these things, what am I so afraid of? Am I really that afraid of knowing who I am and seeing who I am and being open that to there may be more of me? Uh, that I might have more bells and whistles than I even knew I had installed. So, and I have worked with enough people in the coaching to know that, yes, people are very afraid to see who they really are. And sometimes that saddens me because people come to me, I think, because I see the truest sense of who they are. And then I reflect that back to them. And if they would like to believe it, that's great. I don't blow smoke. You know, I don't, I don't do all of that. But I truly see the essence of someone and how they can tweak it and how they can improve it. And this is what I think if everybody walked around with within themselves we would be nicer to other people. And we would not take on, our doubts would not take on other people's insecurities. And then we'll all be cleaner and everybody will be nicer to each other and it'll go out exponentially and it'll come back to me. So it's all about me. This whole process of being good with yourself and knowing who you are takes some digging, but it's so worth it. So what are you afraid of? What would happen if you became curious enough to say, what do I rock at? Like, what do I offer? Um, Who am I when no one's looking? Um, Who am I when I'm sitting here and playing a game or I'm interacting? I have a very fluffy bunny, and I'll tell you the craziest, the silliest I am is with that rabbit because he's a hoot and he brings that out in me. So where is that in your life? Do you allow that to come out? Just get curious. Do a little bit of self, um, self-appreciation and yes, some inventory because you might find some stuff that you don't like. And I hope you do because then you can use your own sense, your own knowing that you're developing to decide if that's something you want to keep or not. So um, find the evidence of your brilliance. 
find the evidence of what you have inherently within you and then pay attention to it. It's the paying attention that will reinforce the messages to your brain that we're working on this. We are enhancing. Uh, we are learning who we are and we're rocking it. So it will also give you the you'll start to pay attention and you'll get the evidence of your own intuitive sense. So when you felt like somebody was going to call, for instance, and then they called, there's evidence. When you were um, felt like you had to go to spin class and you went, evidence. So you need to pay attention to that because what happens is because intuition is a non-physical sense, until it lands in this realm, until it gets connected to one of your other five senses, see why they all have to play together? Until it gets connected, it is so fluid. It will just whoop in one chakra, out the other. You will have a sense. You'll have a knowing. So what all of you creative people, all of, all of you people, let's just do all you people. When you have a good idea, write it down. You need to get it in your phone. You need to put it on paper. Write it on your hand. Um, voice memo if you're driving. Something. Because if you don't bring it into this realm, it'll circle. It'll, it'll come back again. But it might not come back again for another six months. And then you're frustrated and what the heck was that? So this is the, this is the capturing the evidence, right? Because when you bring that in and you get it into some kind of tangible form, you will then move to the next step of manifestation. And once you have the manifestation, you can go back and say, oh, I had that idea. It came in because I listened to that voice inside. So one of the examples of evidence, and this came much later. I hope you don't have to wait 15 years for this. But um, when I was a kid, can you imagine how fun it was to raise me? But when I was a kid, I said to my um my mom, that there's something in the wall in the closet in the front room. And she's like, you're full of it. We're not ripping apart the closet to get something out of there. And I said, I'm telling you, there's something in that wall that needs to come out. Now, it wasn't a dead body or anything, but there definitely was something that needed to come out. And I have the best older brother on the planet, I really do believe, uh, because he never beat me up and he never told me what to do, but he did things if I asked him. So he tore apart the wall for me, and inside that wall was a box that within it held all these letters, and they were love letters from World War II. And this house wasn't very old, so I think that's probably why she said that's not necessary, but probably the fear of the intuition thing, too. <laughs> My mom. Um, she was probably afraid what we would uncover in there. So, and then... My older sister, I have seven siblings, um, my older sister then got that to the family that it belonged to, right? So just by following through on something that could they could have ignored, it wouldn't let me go. I, I slept in that room. It would not let me go. I had to follow it. So then you get the evidence, right? So it keeps that curiosity and it keeps the skill alive, to be collecting the information. And I really believe that we need to authentically high-five ourselves more often 
not the showy, fake social media thing, but authentically high five when we do something well. That includes getting all the laundry done. So we need to celebrate these smaller things that we are very important to our energy fields. So this week, uh, if you would start listening to what those myths are within yourself. And are you writing the myths? Because sometimes we're very good authors in our own lives and we should use our skills for other endeavors. So this podcast has been about the myths and blowing up those myths and how to do that. And I'm so glad that you were able to join me in this. And I look forward to seeing you in our next podcast, which will be about instinct or intuition, deciphering the difference. VickiBear.com. It's time to be your best. It's time to reconnect with your first sense. Trust in your gut. It's the real thing. Let's see what your future brings. Time to let the fun commence. Intuition, your first sense. Thanks for listening to Intuition, Your First Sense. Remember to follow me online for all the latest news and updates at, at Coach Vicki Baird on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Also at VickiBaird.com. That's V-I-C-K-I-B-A-I-R-D.com. This podcast was recorded at Allison Larkin Presents and produced by Josh Reese. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave a review so we can stay connected. See you next time.